1: uh, that is a joint venture partner. We're going to talk about joint ventures next. But uh, Paul Meltenberger has come from one of our big tables and uh, was a very corporate attorney. I love teasing him about that because now he's a wild entrepreneur. They are convertible. Um, <laughs> and he, at the table, met somebody who owns some Subway franchises, and together now they have created um, a franchise solution to help folks pick out, depending on your skill sets and your you know, goals. They'll help you pick a franchise out, um, help you learn to buy a company. Paul's got you know, a wider experience because of his background in law. So I brought him to the call just to share some of those perspectives because some of you might want to think about buying. Um, and many times too, as you know, Paul, you buy um, some of these franchises to and Some of them you buy because they're brand new. So uh, Paul Miltenberger, welcome to our reading room.
2: Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's really exciting to be here and join you in the reading room with everybody. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, you're welcome, and uh, we're very excited. This has been such a successful program. We have uh, over 4,000 people every week registered to be on the call. It is an amazing flood of information uh, and people coming. And um, we're happy to have you. So give just a real bottom-line background about you, a little more than I've uh, given, Um, and then let's talk about franchising
2: and buying. and. You bet. Thanks so much. I uh, yes, I was at uh, Big Table 19 and came in, as uh, Laurel said, the big, you know, fancy corporate lawyer. I was in a, uh, a partner with a national law firm, 380 lawyers in 11 cities, and figured I'd just kind of pass out my business card and meet a lot of business people for a couple, you know, for the whole year, and instead, I, um, you know, kind of caught this, um disease called Laurelitis and uh, it kind of got under my skin and I scratched it and it wouldn't go away but I also didn't want it to go away so it was really cool Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, so as uh, Laurel has mentioned um, I have actually restructured my life completely Uh, I now am still associated with my firm but I only do business development and I had gone to the firm and said uh, I need to go out and play in the business world and develop businesses because that's a long-term strategy that makes more sense so It's interesting because for a number of years before I met Laurel uh, I personally just could not figure out how to translate my skills as a trial lawyer into a concept Um, and so like many people I just couldn't envision the widget or I couldn't come up with that really cool concept and I was working with all these clients who had these businesses but I couldn't figure out how to switch from my side of the desk to their side of the desk and because I couldn't see that vision and I couldn't, I didn't have the right team around me to do it. Um, I just took no action and I kept, you know, comfortably moving along in my, you know, law practice. And it really took the the big table experience to kind of be that, that wild trigger that finally, you know, clicked and made it work and uh, got me into a whole different way of thinking and uh, introduced me to some fabulous people, including my partner who, uh, We designed a company. It's now called uh, Franchise Success Center. If you go to FranchiseSuccessCenter.com, you'll see uh, what we've designed. And we combined our interest, As Laurel said, Rich was a 20-year Subway franchisee, so he had a lot of operational skills. I had a lot of franchise skills in the law side. And uh, we actually met at a coaches' training where we were being trained to be uh, coaches for Laurel and uh, said, you know, she's not. she doesn't have anybody talking about franchises and how franchises could be the path for people to get into their cash machine where you can buy into that opportunity. And so we've designed it as an educational and resource program and uh, really put it out as a free resource to the community. It's been very, very exciting.
1: It has been. So, Paul, let's jump to, like, the folks on the call who are wondering why, like, I think, what I want you to do, Paul, is talk about the pros and cons. Like, like I like to invest in a franchise, but I am such a little wild entrepreneur. Like, the rules of a franchise would probably drive me nuts. Absolutely. So, talk a little bit about the pros and the cons of franchising. Just as another opportunity for all of you to think about, I like to invest in them, but I, you know, I like to build my own little machines. I get to
2: You bet, and in fact, if I was the franchisor, I would never uh, have Laurel be my franchisee (laughs) for all those same reasons. Um, And a very good franchise company will be very selective in who they bring in because you want to get a good fit between the franchisee and the franchisor. Uh, In a broad sense, the franchise business really combines the build, buy, and partner alternatives uh, because you are buying the rights to use an identifiable brand and a proven business format. That's your buy. Uh, as we like to say, will help you find a great model company, and then rather than have to use it to build upon, you get to buy the rights to use the model company, and better yet, they'll train you how to do it and support you in it. So for some of you who don't have that build initiative in you, you simply will go to somebody who's got a great concept in place and you'll buy the rights to use it. You then, of course, have to build your business based upon that established business model and systems. And so Martha, next week when she talks about all the marketing and the wonderful ideas that she has, it fits for absolutely everybody. Whether you're building, whether you're buying, whether you're buying new, buying existing, you're then going to take wherever you are and build off of it. And then finally, franchises allow you to partner in the truest sense, because you're going to partner with the successful franchisor. And so, as Laurel mentioned, you really have to have the right personality as well as everything, uh, all the skill sets to be a good franchisee the the main disadvantage for many in a franchise system is that you do have to follow the franchisor's rules. And the reason they have the rules is because they want consistency between all of their units that are out there. Uh, McDonald's is a great example. You walk into a McDonald's and you know what the uh, uh, French fries are supposed to taste like and what's on the menu. And if the McDonald's franchisee decides that he's got a better sauce for the uh, Big Mac, he's not going to last very long in that system even if his sauce is terrific it's just not how you do it so if you need to have a true control over everything if you need to be the boss if you need to say i can do it better you're not a good franchisee for someone whoever however that can follow a system loves to have the system wants the operational manuals wants all the things laid out for them a franchise system can cut short by months if not years your learning process of trying to figure out how your business ought to look because obviously the value of a good franchise company is that the franchise company has worked out all the kinks and they've got a really a true turnkey operation available to you uh, that you simply buy into so uh, the other advantage or disadvantage really on the franchise side is to some people the fact that you need to pay a franchise fee up front and royalty fees on an ongoing basis now when you think about it it makes sense that you do that cuz you're buying the privilege and buying the rights and buying the value of that system but again the, some entrepreneurial types will say why would i pay 3 5 6 12% royalties on gross sales for the life that i own that business just seems too expensive for me other people will say boy that's really a cheap price for having everything laid out for me and getting the training and support going forward so it really depends as Laurel said You know, which is best for you, what fits for you. And that's what we do at Franchise Success Center. We look very, very carefully at your skill sets, your needs, your resources, financial and otherwise. And what we try to do is match you up with the best available franchises that are out there that we have found and match them so it's a good fit because you can have a great opportunity. And if you're not the right franchisee, that's not a good combination. So people say, gee, what's the hottest thing? What's the best thing? What can we get into that's, you know, super? And I never answer that question because it all depends. It really, truly depends on who you are, where you're going, what your situation is. And so it's a very uh, carefully selected matching process that gives you the best results.
1: So what is the difference between licensing and franchise? Um,
2: licensing and I know what that
1: is, but I want to just give it out to the crowd because... You know, and I'll just give my example is when we Mm -hmm. go out with our Millionaire Maker board game, you know, we're going to be doing a licensing so we can get all to the states faster and just going to keep moving. Um, But for the, you know, benefit of the learning of the call, what's the difference and how do people evaluate whether they should get licensed or franchised?
2: That's a great question. And for some of you out there who have established cash machines, as Laurel mentioned, your expansion model may very well be I want to become the franchisor. That's how I want to expand. And sometimes franchising will be right and sometimes licensing will be right. Sometimes some other structures are there. And we actually have a whole different process that helps you, know, you figure out how to become a franchisor. You'll see that on the website as well. The, the broadest, uh, simplest example is that a franchisor has control over its uh, franchisees in a much greater uh, level than the license or has over its licensees. Uh there are a couple of factors. If you get money up front and have ongoing royalties plus a control factor of telling people how they need to use the product or the trademark or the trade name, that is more likely to be a franchise rather than a license. A license you're usually getting the rights to use a name or a concept, but then you're pretty much free to do what you want with that and how you put it out to the general public. Uh similar in concept because it can grow something quickly. Uh, but differences in terms of the regulatory obligations for the company and what exactly you're getting in return.
1: So who needs to be on a franchise team? So let's just say um, I want to do a coffee card or I want to do um, Subway in and out, um, some of the new ones, i love entrees to go. Um, you know, just because I love the concept of someone coming and let's get the food, you know, handled in the house. Um Um, There's some really good wine ones, too, isn't there? I mean, there's there's just some really cool ones that are out there.
2: There are over 3,500 franchise companies operating in the United States alone, and they account for nearly 50% of retail sales in this country right now. It's a staggering amount of of, uh, business that's out there in the franchise format. Um, the, The real question in terms of who needs to be on your team is the first player has got to be a consultant that helps you find the right franchise you can go out all day long and start looking on your own on the internet but you know that's just gonna take you forever in a day and you're gonna make some mistakes there um, and what we did was design our program so that we have a whole team that we spend our waking hours going around the country meeting franchise companies uh... interviewing them talking to them on conference calls and really trying to identify the strongest senior management teams and the strongest uh, business opportunities that are out there to try to provide a smaller uh, choice for you to make, and then again we we match you up. So the first thing is to how to find the right franchise concept, and there's information on the website franchisesuccesscenter.com. Again, a lot of educational information there, but then you sign up for a consultation. We give you a free consultation, an interview with it, to really go through it. Once you then find the opportunities that uh, interest you the best. Then there's a whole due diligence process that you go through, and you're going to want your attorney, your CPA, your advisors of any type that are involved with it, any industry-specific people, just like you would look at any opportunity, the same people that you would tap to help you build your business are the types of people that you're going to have involved in helping you evaluate a particular opportunity to see if that business is, in fact, as strong as you want it to be and provides the things that you want. And then as you get ready to open and operate your business, all of the same factors come into play. You've got to have a marketing team. You've got to have your bookkeeper. You've got to have all your operational you know, staff in place. So it fits. Uh, the franchise world fits so well with Laurel does broadly on Live Out Loud because all the pieces that go into any cash machine are exactly the same, whether you're building it, whether you're buying an existing, or whether you're buying into a franchise. It's really the same team members. Uh, that need to get put in place for you at the different steps of the process.
1: All right. So, um, do you want to give, um, I'm, if you want to give a, a link to a site or some more information that they can uh, gather up? I'm going to keep you on the call with me, but we're going to move on to Chapter Six you and uh, joint ventures. But you want to give them a contact information for those that are interested?
2: Yes. Once again, thank you. It's franchise success center.com it's all run together as one word franchise success and when you go to our site again we've got lots of educational information the free consultation link we will kick back to you an email that will ask you to verify that you want it and then you'll get a questionnaire short and sweet that gives us some great information that we need we then set up a personal interview with you and spend time on the phone really getting to know who you are what you are what you want what your resources are financial and otherwise we then go away, look at what we've got available in your area, talk to uh, some of the franchise companies and make sure that they're available in your area. Come back to you with recommendations, and then uh, help you through that process of evaluation and it's absolutely free and no obligation to you. The reason that is is that the franchise companies who absolutely love the live out loud folks we're bringing to you, oh my goodness, Laurel, you would be so thrilled to you know hear the conversations we have but it's not surprising. Um, They pay us a commission on the franchise fee when we do place someone, and it costs you absolutely no more to use us than not use us. They recognize that that's the cost of their sales and marketing. And like I said, it uh, makes it perfect for you because uh, we're just out here as a value and a resource for you that's uh, sitting there waiting to help you. So looking forward to talking with all of you.
3: Laurel, uh, by the way, these comments by Carl have spiked uh, significantly. uh, Some questions, and so if if, is Paul going to stay with us because it's right to the sweet spot of what our listeners are are interested in? Absolutely.
1: In fact, real quick, are there any questions that uh, you want to, you know, yes, absolutely,
3: absolutely. Let's see here. Let me just. uh, Cheryl says, I am looking to buy a cash machine, and see no one has this franchise in my area. Does that mean it is a great opportunity or that others have figured out it won't work in this market? And how do I know the difference?
2: Boy, what an easy question to start with. No, that's a great (laughs) question, and there is uh, no good answer at all. So I will try it anyway. Um, You're absolutely correct that you may have caught one or the other. I think the answer will be that you will... Uh, look more broadly into other areas to see if the concept is working elsewhere or has taken off elsewhere. And then you can evaluate whether there's just a gap that exists and it's not in your area yet uh, or whether it's something that for whatever reason your demographics or market may not work. There's a, um, usually there is a franchise business in just about any space that you're thinking about. Uh, When we do the cash machine workshop, and we have literally thousands of ideas, and a lot of them are service businesses. Laurel talked about service businesses. There are some fabulous franchises that focus on service businesses. And so, you know, you're going to want to look and take a look, find that model company maybe in the franchise concept. And the answer may be you'd find it. They're in Pennsylvania, but you're in Texas. And you might say, I'm either going to become the area developer and develop Texas for them, or boy, I'm just going to get there before they get there, and I'm going to try to build it on my own. And that happens both ways.
3: Great. Can we do one more quick one on franchises? Uh, You bet. If a person follows the rules, as Paul says, and is system-oriented, what do you think is the number one reason that franchises fail? Probably people
2: that don't have Live Out Loud education. Uh, It's really that type of an answer. In fact, the success rates for franchises compared to independent businesses, it's really staggering. Uh, A a success rate, if you will, um, studies, statistics compiled by the United States Department of Commerce, shows that over a 10-year period, more than 90% of franchise businesses are still in business 10 years after opening compared to independent businesses that don't have live out loud education, of course, that don't do anywhere near that level. The ones that don't fail are people that just don't get it. And even those that are open, they aren't often making as much as they need to because they don't get it. And by get it, I mean the live out loud education of working on your business not in your business using the team not standing behind your cash register if you've got a retail operation but having a manager come in and hiring business development people and working on a more global top-level work of your business rather than wondering why because you're standing behind your cash register there's nobody coming in your door so you fail when you don't put all the pieces together you don't bring the team together you don't do the building leading and protecting your wealth cycles you don't do the cash machine with all the marketing you know, buying a franchise is not a guarantee of success. If you're going to come to my website and look for a cash machine as a franchise but think that the franchisor is just going to deliver it to you and all you've got to do is show up on the turnkey, you will be one of those that fail because you just use that as the starting point, and then you have to build on top of that to really get truly successful and make it a tremendous cash machine. Great question.
3: Yeah, Here's one more great question for you, if I could. Uh, This is from Buddy. I have inherited a family business that I think is well-suited for franchising or licensing to licensees. Can you help me?
2: Absolutely. In fact, uh, Buddy, and and those that have that type of structure, uh, we have a separate uh, educational tab on our website for franchisors. We do a full business review and analysis and help you through the whole process to find out if you you are truly, as we call it, franchisable. And to do that is just put yourself on the other side. If you're a franchisee or a potential franchisee, what do you want? You want a repeatable, proven business model that can be uh, trained. People can be trained on it. You can go out and repeat it. You don't need the founder's personal expertise if you can have that type of a system that you can then through operations manuals and training and ongoing support roll out to other people you have a potential franchise operation there and we can certainly help you there and in fact we've talked with laurel at length you know our our goal is to have a number of homegrown live out loud companies become the franchise companies and i just can't imagine anything more exciting than have live out loud big table people with great businesses that we then expand nationally that are filled with live out loud big table people having the franchisees and the area development opportunities in there can you imagine how fun that well, franchise then, convention is oh my goodness
1: oh, well and I also up that in I think too is this gives the, op- this the opportunity for a lot of people to partner so people who are running other companies yep. being the core operator there you know there's always opportunities in the build model to partner uh, fixed model to partner but clearly like I mean in some way those partner skill sets the operators maintainers of companies really have a breadth of, of opportunities in front of them of what they want to pick from so it's Unquestionably. just exciting
2: yes very much so
1: So I know we're heading to the finish line, so let's jump into Chapter 6, and um, I'm going to leave you on page 122, Chapter 6, and go back to the next slide where we talk about joint ventures for growth, because it's an example of what Paul and I have created, and I create with a lot of people. In fact, um, again, as you become a client at Live Out Loud, the opportunity to be on the resource list have opportunities to be on phone calls with you know other folks and market your services and whatever you're doing it's truly joint ventures and i really know that I mean the fastest growth for me in building this company has been in joint ventures and uh, as you note on this slide it says both parties have skin in the game which means both party have you know a responsibility to do performance with each other to make it you know a, vi- a viable business um, two or more skill sets are combined So, for example, I mean, I love that we have the offering of franchises. We also have entities. We have personal assistants, virtual assistants, web um, editors. We have a whole army of resources. um, And those are what I call additive combined skills to help, you know, provide more value. Both skill sets and operations are complementary, which means we're not duplicating a lot of efforts. Uh, Resulting product and service is ultimately different from what each other could do alone. So, you know, I could keep telling you to go do this, but now you have an opportunity to actually partner. What Paul does is completely different. What I do is completely different, but together, like I said, it's complementary. it's different. He could operate totally independent. He's not relied on on me. I can operate totally independent, but together we can create more and opportunities for more. Additional revenue opportunities with little um, cannibalization and previous business or customer base. So it's really, like the bottom line, that last comment, you just make more money, the pie gets bigger when you combine additive sources to what it is you're doing. So I want you all to just stop and take some notes just in a moment. What are the at least five to seven additive joint ventures that you could add to the current exact thing you're doing, not changing what you're doing, but by adding resources, added joint ventures, what else could you do and how much more money could you produce by being in those relationships? Like The opportunity cost has got to be enormous. In fact. I would think if you're building a $50,000 cash machine, five to seven additive things could probably put another $50,000 additional to your bottom line without you doing much more work uh, besides being in relationship with people who have that additive service. So think about that. If we go to the next slide, um, again, we want to really – the building, leading, protecting, building, leading, protecting, building, leading, protecting, you've got to get this product. Um, It gives you the vision, it gives you the roadmap, um, it gives you how to build the team, how to interview the team, the strategies, the tax laws, um, asset protection, marketing, sales, the whole thing. So make sure you get to the website. Um, You know, on the next slide, Don, I'm gonna kinda move through the building a cash machine. I feel like we've talked about that a lot. We've talked about the fixing. Uh, We've talked about the partnering. I know we're kinda flipping through these quickly. These are also in the book. But I want to get to chapter six because I want to talk about teams. So once your plan is built, like you have the concepts and the opportunities and the strategies, you have the revenue model, um, you have the financials, you have the, you know, all of the pieces as it comes together. From that, you really need to sit, and I'm going to really invite you to be in a more intuitive place about this. I mean, there's a strategic part and then there's an intuitive part. But who needs to really be on your team? There's a skill set, there's an energy that you're going to bring to your cash machine that no one else is going to have, and you want to invite in complementary teammates uh, versus hiring your like kind. And what I find one of the biggest mistakes people do is they hire in their like kind, they actually, or they partner in their like kind, which means you just have more of the same skill set instead of completely diversified skill sets, which together can create more and build more. So as you really think about building the team, again, we're on page 122 in the book, finding players for each position. Another book that I'm going to invite you to read is called Good to Great, because some of the greatest metaphors in that book that I, I mean live and breathe by is getting the right seats on the bus. This is about making sure that the team you put together really fills the right seat on the bus and um performs to the right seat on the bus so it's not about just putting them on the bus it's about getting them in the right seat so when they activate when they actually are in their performance they're doing their highest best good in it you know to build the cash machine um here's just some you know steps i always say you want to lead with energy Um, establish a clear vision develop your obvious sequence and steps for achievable goals and create fair incentives so as the leader of the team, putting the team together, um, these are things that you just have to come with. Uh, I mean, nobody wants to work or be led by somebody who doesn't have, you know, just absolute passion and excitement about what they're doing, has a vision about what they're doing. I mean, you know, I was in the back of the room the, uh, earlier this week and, uh, with some big table folks that are just brand new to Table 39 and Table 40, and they're probably all excited they're listening to this program because they're like, yeah, she's bragging about us. But it was just fun, I mean, because it was it became this very additive thing where we took, you know, one idea that we came up with and then four or five of the people had an additive thing. All of a sudden, you know, together, the skill sets just created this great cash machine idea. And, um, you know, my, my ultimate vision is to absolutely change the world around financial literacy. They, I mean, the conversation about money is so backwards. And there's a lot of people who can get, a, get aligned to that vision and be in an additive way. Because in a lot of ways, Paul, that's... You know, the, the vision of changing financial literacy is pretty huge. Yet, you know, your piece of that for us is a huge additive piece that helps allow people to be part of a team um, and create more cash machines. So, oh,
2: yeah, I appreciate what it. Would say, so what would you say? What would you say
1: about building a team? Because I think it's just so critical.
2: Well, it is, and you know, that's where boy, it's tough for anybody who really hasn't rolled up their sleeves and jumped into the live out loud community. Uh, it is impossible for me in a short period of time or on this call to explain how incredible the people are that you meet in the programs, whether it's the Cash Machine Workshop, the Wealth Building Blitz, the big table in particular, just extraordinary access, not to the instructors, which is great, and all the resource people, but the other people just like yourselves and myself, who sit down at those tables and start getting to know one another, you find tremendous team members there, access to better team members than you will ever find anywhere else in a shorter period of time. And everybody's thinking the same way. So where else would you go to find your team except the people that are already you know, educated the same way you are? And yeah, that's just so important. And i found that over the last two years, uh, that has been perhaps the most valuable part of Live Out Loud is the amazing people that are attracted to you, Laurel, and that become active here, uh, that we all find ways to do things and be additive to one another. Sometimes it's not specifically in a deal or a joint venture, but just in your overall ability to get past a challenge, get through a hurdle, to get through a block. There are just people all over the place waiting to help you, and it's just been extraordinary.
1: I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. So as we head on to, you know, the next slides of getting a mentor. Some of you may be saying, man, I've never really been on a team like you're talking about. Um, mentors is a huge place to get a teammate um, and be led by somebody who's already done it. And again, some of you may say, well, this is similar to a model company. It could be somebody in a model company or it could just be somebody who is a darn good business owner who you admire the way that they lead, you admire the way that they you know, lead with their values or you know, what, however you see you know, their expertise contributing to your growth. Um, So a mentor could be somebody in the model company, and a model person, but it also could just be somebody um, that leads you in a different way. It could be more spiritually based. It could be more, I mean, health based, more family balance based. So um, I'm going to invite you to really, you know, look at who could be a mentor for you in this area of building a team. Yes, we have all these tactics and we want to, you know, get you, like, you know, not reinventing the wheel and having that certainty. I mean, you can't learn how to run a business well, you know, from someone who's never achieved a success in their own life. So you want these people. I always have mentors, and many of them aren't even in the same, you know, vertical market that I'm in. They don't even really understand my business, and it's not about that. It's about just overall, you know, challenges and growth and obstacles that you come up with. And, uh Um, things that you want a second opinion on, how did they handle this, how did they handle this, regardless of the model, we're talking about experience of leadership. Um, Again, we're in the team section, chapter six of the book, and uh, this is really about putting that right team together, the right people on the bus, to make sure that your vision gets met. As you uh, move to the next slide, the organization, these are some areas you wanna be looking at to build your team over time. Many parts of this, again, you can put a partner in here, um, for, say, finance, accounting, operations, some management. You can put partners in there. You can partner with marketing and sales folks. So, you know, it depends on you and your skill set, but you've got to fill in the team. And ultimately, if you're building a six-figure, seven-figure cash machine, all of these areas need to be built in. You really need to build a solid, you know, foundation for the team and have them come with experience. You know, there's a model also that would suggest, well, I'm going to grow my people up and then they can take the seat. I'll tell you the risk in that, um, because I've lived through it many times, is that their experience, like you're moving so fast that there's not enough time for them to get the experience they need. You don't have two to five years for them to get the experience and be the expert in the area. So the risk in that model is that uh, you'll outgrow them, and then they'll get bosses. Now, get them a different seat on the bus, get them the right seat on the bus, Um, I, I at all costs, try not to lose my people um, because they're not on the right seat on the bus. Find a different seat, expand the seat, um, and find a role to really uh, maximize, optimize people's positions and what they can do. Um, Paul, what would you want to say about this whole organizational piece? Is there any books that you've read that can help people? put their organization together. I mean, I know an exercise I always love is I always love to say, you know, build your organization without you so you don't build yourself a job and you're building, you know, a real business structure around you. But um, what advice would you give to people that are really building these organizations? Um, You see it on the franchise side all the time.
2: Yeah, I think that, uh, and you hit on a couple points. One, you have to realize the people that you have are often not the people that are going to play at the next level with you. And they may very well be able to play a different role, but not that major role. And that becomes just a huge challenge and often a a real um, downfall for a lot of people who think that the two or three people that you start with have to be there at uh, step two and step three and at the end. Uh, And that will be one of your biggest downfalls of making sure that that happens if that's what you, you know, get stuck with. You can have loyalty, but, you know, you have to really be realistic as the leader that you're making the right moves with your team. Um, I right. think uh, Gerber's E Myth Revisited uh, is probably a, a great book for anybody, whether you're building or buying, uh f- making sure that you fill in all your organizational boxes, and it not be you. And that's one thing we really kind of we've kind of glossed over a bit talking team. And it seems obvious, but maybe it's not to uh, everyone listening. You know, the team can't be you. You can't be your own teammate with and fill 12 boxes in your org chart because you will then be like that person at the cash register that I mentioned who stands there and wonders why nobody's coming in their store well it's because nobody's you know running the store while somebody else is out you know beating the bushes and doing all the marketing activities that are needed and you say well I can't afford to hire those people and the answer is well of course you can't because you're not driving the business in because you're not taking the effort and spending the money and bringing the team in so it's a vicious vicious circle unless you fill the org chart with other people and fill them with the right people as you said the right people on the right seats on your bus
1: yep so let's see. There's so many things we could talk about um the next four weeks we have so much in store for you. We've got marketing, we've got sales, we've got a pure q and a so I want you to gather up all your questions. I want you to take a few polls right now, Don I mean, so we really um you know we need to poll how much money people have made. what is the amount of cash you have made in the different timelines so uh, we can keep track with you. So, um,
3: Laurel, before before we do that, could would you be willing to take a few more questions? I'm just getting sure slammed will. here with questions. I sure Great. will. But
1: before we do those questions, I'm going to give the word of the week, the phrase of the week. Right? Ready? Da da Is I have to do Tahoe team. <laughs> and the reason is this team in Tahoe have put an enormous amount of work into making what just occurred in the opening of our facility happened so tahoe team is the word of the week
3: you just made that up didn't you laurel
1: i did just make that up (laughs) i was going to do something (laughs) different Do something different and i had a word and i kept looking at it and i thought "Mm -mm, i just that's not what this week's about and so yeah i just kind of time dated us but i'll tell you it's just been an enormous week of opening our own table facility for everyone who wants to really really you know like one of the uh, client said this week you know I'm getting an MBA in finance and I said no you're getting a PhD
3: <laughs>
1: so on with questions
3: okay fantastic John and Sharon from San Antonio right what if my partner husband so apparently Sharon was typing here right <laughs> uh, and I cannot agree on the total plan we agree on the plan but not the strategies and the tactics
1: Well, first of all, I would go to your model company and I would get a little, like, more opinions about it. Like, who has the experience? Where has the success success been done? Um, You know, what I would anticipate is that one of you is more analytical and uh, wants to plan to plan a little more. The other one wants to just shoot from the hip and go, uh, which is a little more my style is let's go out and see what the marketplace wants, then we'll back into a plan a little and put all the, uh, dot the I's and cross the T's. So I would get a neutral um, additional party. I'd, I'd learn that and kind of see what your uh, model companies, who's already gone before you. Um, get into our coaching. Let your coach moderate or mediate that. Um, but you, you're probably going to have to get more opinions to really see where is the success. This is not something to be right about or look good about. This is about doing it right because the business makes sense and you're going to get the cash fast. So I would get more more bodies, more opinions, more people involved. Paul, is there anything you'd answer that differently with?
2: Well, there's a whole different way that they might go because a lot of times uh, business partners and um, husbands, wives, significant others come in thinking they have to do it together. And sometimes you have to reevaluate that uh, conclusion and assumption. It may be that the two of you uh, should go in different directions and develop separate, different cash machines that may be complementary, may not be. You two may not be the right team members together. And so it's entirely possible that you'll each take your skill sets, go find uh, the right combinations. You know, you'll look for people that aren't your like kind to bring to your respective teams. And it may be, uh, more often than not, you end up with a way to do it together. But some people, it's better to go and do separate stuff.
3: Great. Thank you. Uh, Another strategy question. I'm sorry,
1: Laura. Go ahead, that's good.
3: Okay, another strategy question here from Jennifer in New York City. I want to make money now. I can think of so many strategies, I don't know where to start. It is paralyzing. How do I decide where to put my energy first?
1: Coach? How are are you making the most, I mean, what are you doing right now to make money? And I would do, again, if it's all about fast cash, it's what is the fastest service-based thing you can do to provide value to someone else very quickly that's easy to get customers. Um, You don't have to do it forever, but it is about making money to help move you and have your liquidity, like the cash, just move to the next level. Um, So what are you doing now to make some money, and how can you translate that immediately to some revenue? Somebody, Somebody else is already paying for it and making money, so let's go.
2: Yeah, And, Jennifer, I would suggest that you um, immediately, because uh, I'm sure you're not in there the, the way your question is framed, be immediately into our Wealth Acceleration Coaching Program because that's what a cash machine coach is going to do for you is help you weed through all of those things that are bombarding you, those, all those things that are paralyzing you. Uh, that's what we work on is we work through why they're paralyzing you, break it down, and as Laurel said, find that fastest path to cash that's in there, you just need some help. And so your first team member is your Live Out Loud coach. And then you'll move from there.
3: Fantastic. Robert uh, writes, I am at the beginning stages of, a new, of building a, a team for my new business. I think I might not be very good at building team and picking the right people. Do I need to get better, or should I just hire someone to hire for me?
1: Both. Um, you have got to get better. The, the bigger this game gets, the more people are going to count on you to lead your vision and leave what you're up to. And in the meantime, um, you can use recruiters. You can use, um, you know, folks who really know how to interview well. Um, you can use HR, out, you know, outsourced consulting groups to help you hire. There's a whole army of people who know how to get hiring done in a very specific way. Do not let them just do it. So if you're going to learn it, don't let them just do it on the fly. Get involved be next to them, watch the interview process, write down the questions, get, get copies of the questions, understand the laws. You can work with an employment attorney on the you know, laws of your states because, boy, I mean, you don't want to do that one wrong. Um, so I would let someone else lead that has more expertise but boy I sit side by side to learn those skills. Not that you're going to jump in and overdo it, but there's going to be times where you're just going to have to cut through all of it and just get it done. So you're, it's both. I would I would use someone else. So the first couple times you you kind of mitigate the risk of what you're doing. And I, this is one you got to learn.
3: There's another good question here on franchises. Do all franchises have ongoing royalty fees?
2: Paul, you're up. Yeah, they they do. As far as I know, I haven't found one that doesn't. And the reason that they do is that the ongoing royalty fee is what uh, provides the franchisor, which is the franchise company with the funds that they need in order to provide the ongoing support that you want from the system. So the initial franchise fee, the upfront fee, uh, provides the sales and marketing to get the folks, you know, into the system and provides the initial capital to get the operation uh, moving forward. The ongoing royalties that you're really joined at the hip with the franchise, or are, because everybody wants to increase those revenues, that's what drives the uh, franchisor's uh, ongoing support team for you. So all of the training, all the ongoing support, all the compliance issues, uh, the in-house uh, senior staff, that all gets paid for out of the royalties, and, and so that's how a franchise company makes its money.
1: All right. So, you know, we are over our hour, and I hate to do this, so gather up those questions, and, Don, I'm going to ask you to kind of work with the team to gather those questions, gather okay. our revenue numbers for the team, and, again, we're going to do marketing. We're going to do sales. I want you to drive, 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 get that cash going. And uh, in a few weeks, we're going to be on a Q&A for the whole hour. Um, so get to the liveoutloud.com forward slash reading room. Get your building leading protecting. Um, protecting. Uh, email Amy if you want to be part of the radio tour that's across the country. Call your strategist. Um, the other thing going on, we have selected the makeovers. So uh, week 5, 6, and 7, we will also be doing makeovers um, on clients coming up. So watch that in action. It's going to be very fun to do our makeovers, um, see what changes we would make because there are going to be tips all over the place for you. So if you have not talked to your strategist this week, get back to them and commit to moving ahead. Cash Machine workshops coming up in Washington, D.C., The big tables, we have four more at our current price. In December, the price goes up. So September, we have two tables. Um, October, we have two tables. You've got to take a seat if you're really going to play this game. So call your strategist at 8777-GET-LOL. Email your strategist at strategy at liveoutloud.com and come join us. So uh, the last slide, I will let you sit up on the screen as you complete, Don, which talks more about our Cash Machine Workshop, and how uh, they can get some specials on that. So while that screens up, um, why don't you give some completion to our call? And thank you all. Look forward. And thank you, Paul, very much for joining.
2: Laurel, it's been a pleasure. Don, you're fabulous here. Laurel, it's mm-hmm. always a pleasure. Thank you very, very much.
3: Well, thank you, Laurel Langmeyer, and special guest, Paul Miltenberger. That was a great call. And I've got to say, Paul, you you truly exemplify what it's about to give back in this community you're you're an amazing guy so thank you so much and uh franchise success center.com yes, uh, is thank where you could you bet just where you can uh, uh, send some questions to paul and he can help all of you who are interested in the franchise option
0: thanks for listening to the real money talks podcast